Welcome everyone to the almost cancelled TV news podcast. I am Peter and joining me as always is Connor. Yeah, I've had pre-drinks this week, so I'm prepared. You've had what? Pre-drinks. Ah, oh, okay. Not, not specifically for this show, I just I was out. <laughs> you don't need a reason to drink, we've established that. Normally I would agree that I don't, but there actually was a good reason this time, so... Although I realise as I say that joke, part of the, the gimmick of this show is that... Is there's always a reason. There's reasons to make you drink. But yeah. I guess the joke is, is that you're just looking for any easy reason. Like, you want to pretend there has to be a reason, but it doesn't need to be. I mean, that's fair. But tonight was a good reason. There was a leave and do for, for someone at work. So that's, that's a, a reasonable reason. Oh. oh. I thought your uh, chicken farm had finally turned a profit. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I'd be black out if that was the case. <laughs> I've put an image into everyone's head of you chasing around <laughs> chickens in a small yeah, yeah. garden somewhere. Yeah, yeah, if that had come true, oh, no, I'd be black out drunk. You wouldn't be seeing me right now. That said, does three chickens constitute a farm? I don't know if it does. Anyway, <laughs> this is a TV news podcast. For the night, that, isn't it? <laughs> it's a TV news podcast. We get together, we talk about pilots, uh, new shows announced, uh, premiere dates, cancellations, renewals, all that solid stuff. Um, so we got a bunch of things to work through this week. There's a reasonable amount. Uh, not as much for the TCAs as I thought. Uh, just a little bit, really. But uh, there was other meteor news that kind of spirals into a bigger topic i suppose at one point which i've sort of grouped together uh later on so i, I suspect i know what that is <laughs> yeah uh so we'll start off with the reels and cancellations uh as we as we typically do unless you've got any like tv like uh what anecdotes yeah like did, did you watch anything new this week is anything you'd like to tell the audience about about your TV life, if you will. I've literally just been watching a lot of Doctor Who. So, do oh, you no, want to hear about Doctor no, Who? No, 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 no I didn't beat That's not new. You, you always do that. That's shocking uh, I mean, amount. It's, 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 it's not new, but is it relevant? <clears throat> I, I'd say it's always relevant. Well, I finished season one of Yellow Jackets. The review of uh, my thoughts on the end of the season are up already on the channel. Uh, don't know what I'm going to maybe go back and catch up on next and put up some videos of. Um, keep, keep in theme and do Yellowstone as well. No, I'm not, I'm not doing Yellowstone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I did finish that this week. And obviously, you know, as per usual, the, the recent Better Call Saul reviews out already. Uh, there was a, another Deep Space Nine review. There was Babylon 5, all the usual things that have been coming out. Um, no other pilots this week. I actually just dodged Sandman. Uh, on the on the pilot vote, I think you should do it anyway. Do you know what I might have done just because it's such a big name? However, it released on the same day as Prey, so f you, Sandman. I watch you can Prey. Do Sandman tomorrow. <laughs> okay, I've got comics to I've got the comics podcast tomorrow. You can do Sandman after this. I'm gonna watch Sandman after this. <laughs> well, that's good for you. <laughs> What's your excuse? I'm going to relax and do non-work things. Thank Sandman you. Sandman is relaxing. Probably, Sa I assume. <laughs> no, Sandman is straight up work, right? Hey, <laughs> I've heard good things. That makes yes. it relaxing. It was funny. Is I, ha I, I just, I slightly get hit with another pilot I didn't want to watch, but there's some news on that later on this show, which is at least delayed the bullet, if not 
Well, hang on. The way of the bullet. If that's delayed at all this month, then you should have to go to the next available pick. And if that's Sandman, you should be doing Sandman. Uh, oh no, because it's, it's there's like ties and stuff. It's, it's no, all, no, it's all well, very it, complex. It, it should still go to the next pick. Nah, if that was delayed, that should be automatically complex. qualified for that for that month. No, no, no. Uh, what's been delayed will go into the next vote, and now you can compete with a new whoa, host of whoa, contenders. Whoa, 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 whoa! So it 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 earned a place in this vote, and now it's got to go through a vote again, and you're not replacing it with anything in this vote. The patrons are being robbed. <laughs> Look, because of the ties, I had four things I had to do. This is it's down to three now, which is a perfectly reasonable amount based no, on what not. I normally do. You shut up. <laughs> Stop trying to give me more work. Patrons are being robbed. So you should be give robbed. them their money to us. <laughs> they give their money to us. Trust me, even more streams was two hours long this week. They get their money's worth. <laughs> well, what about those patrons who only care about the TV stuff? They're getting three quality pilot reviews over the next... And they should month. have had four, and now they've got to vote for this fourth one again. <laughs> Look, now it, now it contests its might against the, uh, the Lord of the, the Rings, Rings show, show, which is... Robbery. <laughs> this disgraceful behaviour. Oh, dear. Oh. Anyway, yeah, so... Let's get into Sounds things, like shall Sam we? Sam should replace it. But Sam was tied with something else, why shouldn't I pick the other thing? Because Sandman. <laughs> but no. unless it was tied with Game of Thrones, in which case, you don't have toss a coin. That. It may have been tied with Game of Thrones, actually. That may be what it was tied toss with. Toss a coin. <laughs> we do whichever one you feel will punish you more. <laughs> See, I feel like you've got some ulterior motives here. Why do I have an ulterior motive? It's not even ulterior, it's just blatantly the motive. But uh... do I don't have a motive. <laughs> All right, let's get into stuff. We'll start off with the renewals. Uh, not stuff that uh, we know too much about, really, but uh, especially this first one, because the first season's not aired yet, but Beacon 23 has been renewed with an early renewal for season two. Uh, this is a Spectrum Originals and AMC Network psychological thriller series. I'll just remind you what it is, since it's, you know, started yet. Um, so there's their three-man city production in season one. It's starring Lena Headey and Stephen James. Um... Where is the description of this bad boy? Here we go. The Beacon 23 follows two people, uh, Hedy's Aster and James Halen, whose fates become entangled after they find themselves trapped together at the end of the known universe. Hedy's Aster mysteriously finds her way to a lonely Beacon Keeper on his lighthouse in the darkest recesses of space. A tense battle of wills unfolds as James Keeper begins to question whether Aster is friend or foe, as her ability to disguise her agenda and motives can make her a formidable opponent. That. Everyone's got motives. Space Lighthouse Show. Uh, I remember actually talking about this when it was first development, but... Uh, yeah, it was a while ago, though. But hey, early renewal, they're confident on it. They're feeling good. Yeah. So, cool. Where was that over Aaron? Uh, Spectrum and AMC. So I assume it's going to be AMC... You know, Spe Spectrum, I think, is a Canadian... I was going to say, what the hell's Spectrum? I think it is. I mean, I, I could be wrong. I think Spectrum's a Canadian thing, so I think it's just them teaming with a Canadian company, so... But, you know... AMC is probably where it's going to land. O'Connor's doing some fact checking. I am. It 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 didn't show up immediately, which is probably not a great sign. <laughs> surely, surely, Spectrum Originals might might garner something, though. Shockingly, you would think, wouldn't you? Oh my god, that's how that's kind of. I don't know. Owned by Time Warner. Spectrum Canada. Oh, well, Canada didn't show up when I searched. Wait, did you search for Canada? Aye. 
Spectrum CAD and Morg ser Mortgage Services. Yes, I said Morg there. <laughs> Mortgage Services. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> um, that doesn't matter, right? It's fine. <laughs> it doesn't matter, but, you know, you should do your due diligence on these stories. My due diligence. <laughs> they find out where Spectrum comes from. I think it's got well, if, if I have a question, and a reasonable question as well, not like an hour hand left field, like throw you a curveball. This was what is Spectrum, which is part of the story. You realize I feel like that... you, should, you should be prepared with an answer. In the future, I'm just going to lie and just say MC then when you ask me that question. If, there's, if it's Spectrum and someone, I'm just, it's just the other one. I'll just lie <laughs> so you don't I have mean, to ask the question. It'll be quicker for you, but then the audience will know. If they've seen this story, they'll pick you up on it. Hmm, that's fine. It seems like, just for re for reference, Spectrum seems to be an internet service provider. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and it has a selection of its own cable channels bundled in with their package. Ah, okay, so I guess it's... uh. Okay, yeah, fair enough. TV choice is a live TV streaming service available only to Spectrum internet customers, internet customers in certain Spectrum areas. Well, that's why they have to team with people at AMC because, like, otherwise no one would ever see it. Yeah, because only well, I, I assume they have millions of people who have their service, but there's a lot of people who don't. So probably, but the reality is a lot of a lot of ISPs that have their own thing. Unless they're like one of the biggest ones, people still probably don't use their service. Like the you know mm. the, the streaming service. Oh yeah, obviously probably. they use their internet service. Right, otherwise, why would you have an ISP? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just wanted to clarify that. Uh, next up, Good Trouble has been renewed for season five at Freeform. Who cares? <laughs> you were about to ask, what's that? And I, said I was, and then I was like, I don't care. <laughs> And then on to the cancellations and endings. Uh, they've confirmed that The Flash is ending with season 9. It's 13-episode final season. Oh, thank God. So that's wrapping up. Uh, which, interestingly, uh, I just noticed this when I was glancing at this article earlier. Uh, it's ending, uh, at least as of right now, it's ending within a couple of weeks of The Flash movie's release date. <laughs> which is really funny, given that Ezra Miller got announced to be in that movie the week that the Flash pilot aired. Yes. So that's just... Really the Flash funny. had nine seasons in the interim. Yes. <laughs> so, a bit of hilarity there. It was worth mentioning. Probably uh, what, a couple of hundred episodes at that point, almost. Just under. Nine seasons? Uh, it won't be at 200, but it'll be comfortably way up. It'll and be, yeah, It'll be close, won't it? Yeah, because five seasons typically get you to 110 if you get 22 per season. Yeah. So this is going to have nine in the last season's only 13. And I assume the season that was airing during the first pandemic like stretch probably got a condensed season as well. It'll be around 108 yard. So, yeah. Go, go have a look if you care, which you probably don't anymore because no one cares about The Flash anymore. Why they cancelling it? Well, I think it's because Grant Gustin doesn't want to come back. He only made a deal for one year and probably yeah, charged through the nose for and, it. And probably a bunch of other related issues at Warner. Well, yeah, that's a separate thing, but uh, we'll go get yeah. to that. Uh, First Kill has been cancelled by Netflix after one season. This was a vampire teen, like, drama. I had never heard of this. The only thing I know about this is the uh, the showrunner slash maybe creator. Maybe they're the same person, I don't know. Um, Possibly. Was very vocally upset about this and about Netflix's marketing mm. of this show. I did, I did see that. Joe, you know, I never heard of this either until I saw... 
just before this announcement, I saw people on Twitter saying, come on, Netflix, like, hurry up and renew it. You know, like, worried that it was about to be cancelled. There was kind of that, that, that was in the air, and then, obviously, it did get killed uh, by the Netflix Worried with reason, it seems, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, I have no idea if it was any good, or if, you know, it was the people who were passionately caring about it were, were, have bad taste, or if, if it actually was, like, a gem that needed to be saved, but that doesn't really matter. The, the point is, is that the creator may be right because a lot of netflix shows just do kind of get farted out without little fanfare yeah the fact that i never get, heard of this is a you get obviously to that. some that are marketed um i mean sandman is probably a prime example right mm-hmm. now uh and then there's probably three other shows a week that no one has ever heard of there's and that's fair if you're deciding like this is our big hit and this is just like sort of our backbone to like add more like dependable small shows to our service that is completely fine the problem is is that they keep cancelling them which implies that they wanted them to do better but i'm like if you're not going to give them the the extra muscle to to have a chance then like this is a self-fulfilling prophecy like, it is, yeah. what, what, you doing? what do you expect uh so yes yeah, so no attachment to this but uh obviously i have been hurt by netflix cancellations in the past so i commiserate with uh yeah, it sucks for the fans, and I think, like I said, the most interesting part for me was the showrunner, you yeah. know, actually speaking out, being pretty vocal about their, you know, reaction to it, as opposed to the, you know, the standard response of, oh, we thank Netflix for the opportunities that they gave us, which is, you know, mm. the, the typical logline. Yeah, and it's something, you know, I've seen this at other streaming services, I mean, I'm always talking about Amazon barely advertising most of their shows, like, there's the odd one that does get it, but most of them just... Amazon are even exists. worse at Netflix yeah. than marketing, I think. Or at least in in the marketing that that I end up seeing, Amazon is significantly lower than even the even the low down <clears throat> Netflix shows. Yeah, yeah. I think in a weird way, um part part of it's not having the weekly, because I think one of the things that reinforces advertising for these shows is that they get to keep advertising the new episode for weeks and weeks and weeks. But also just like Linear TV, as much as that it's kind of a relic at this point, it's still kind of, the one useful thing that's still there about it is that there's still this idea of a schedule and when things are going to start. And while streaming shows obviously have premiere dates when they launch, because it's like, oh, they're just there on that day, there's kind of this, I'm not saying it should be on a specific time, but I am saying that there's something to the way of doing the weekly show um, where, or at least using the schedule of traditional TV in the sense that you, you know, just something as simple as maybe not a physical thing anymore, but the idea of the TV guide and like pointing out the big things upcoming. I feel like a lot of these streaming shows just kind of get lost in the shuffle because unless you're hunting them down and looking at articles that are saying, here's, you know, a bunch of shows starting soon that's worth maybe yeah, looking at. Yeah, Netflix tried that at one point to some degree. Mm. Uh, they, I don't I mean, maybe they still have this. I don't check it, but uh, they did have the, the coming soon section which would have, here's everything that's coming to Netflix in the next week, and then here's all of the stuff for this month. Yeah, I would go further. I would say, see for the next full month, maybe two months, depending on how far ahead they've announced things for, I would say have literally what looks like a TV guide thing at the top that you can access that's just like a timeline and says, okay, mm-hmm. so on this date, here's the, the thumbnail for this with a title, and you can click on it for some info if you want, but just have like a literal timeline schedule of the next month that you can scroll through if you want to. Like, and yeah, like there should be a website that has that where, much like TV channels, each service has a row, and it's like so on this day, this is what's launching on here and here. Like, yeah, um, really, there should be something like that that's, that's very easily accessible. But uh, 
Uh, and I do feel like not having that kind of thing hurts it. Because generally speaking, like I would say, other than the really advertised things like Stranger Things and some of the other big ones, yeah, like the, the premiere dates for stuff that's like launching on, say, HBO feel like way more known. And there's no reason why they should be more known, but they just are. Mm. So Yeah, that's a, like, I, I barely know about Netflix shows and Amazon, even shows I'm interested in anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just go on it one day and wait, oh, that's out. I, I guess I'll start watching it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, building a little bit of hype before something comes out is actually, you know, a really useful tool. <laughs> yeah, say what you want about the, the quality of the Disney Plus <clears throat> Marvel or Star Wars shows. You know, it, it's, you know the, the actual show itself is irrelevant to this point. Their marketing is very good. Like that, you you kind of you know when they're coming, you know it's going to be okay this day. <laughs> well, two two of them have changed dates, so maybe they need to start out doing that a little bit because it's weird. Right. There's, there's been two stories like that in the same week, but yeah. Yes, but that's a separate incident. Generally speaking, they tend to have pretty solid marketing of hey, it's coming this day. You know, you'll have usually one or two, maybe three episodes depending on the show, and then you know weekly after that. The one thing I I do know they had a problem with was, I say problem, I think it was the last Star Wars show. They launched it on a Friday, and then the rest of the episodes were on Wednesdays, and there was a bit of confusion around that. From that's a bit weird. Uh... At least people that I know didn't kind of didn't realize it was on the Wednesdays after that. Yeah. Well, uh, we got our cancelled show, The First Lady, uh, which was meant to be an anthology show at Showtime, where each season would be about a different you know uh, figure, a different person. Uh, but they've cancelled it after one season, so uh, there isn't going to be any more. Who was the first season about? Uh, let's see. Uh, so, all I did was telling stories in the America's charismatic, complex, and dynamic first ladies. Uh, I guess Nancy Reagan. I think it might have been episode by episode uh, anthology, oh, actually. Oh, oh okay. Because it's, it's saying First Ladies, Eleanor Roosevelt, Betty Ford, and Michelle Obama. So I presume that means that there was one per episode. Which means, how many could there be? <laughs> Maybe they had to cancel it if they'd already done well, it. Well, I mean, uh, there's been 45-odd presidents, hasn't there? So I would say 45. Uh, true. Admittedly, yeah, she could get a few more seasons. But, you know, there is a finite number. It's not... <laughs> there is, yeah. Uh... Maybe they realise that a lot of the others aren't as interesting. <laughs> and was, well, okay. we'll, just, we'll just send it here, it's fine. There's plenty. I don't know. I mean, I, don't, I didn't see any of it. I'm just, I'm jokingly theorising, and that's about it. Uh, but that's it done uh, at showtime. So, cool. Uh, so, speaking of um, the Disney Plus date moving around, so this is in the premiere date section, because we have new premiere dates for... Uh, a couple shows. She-Hulk, which admittedly this one isn't that big a deal. It's not really that much of a difference. It's just moved one day. They've decided they want this to be a Thursday show instead of a Wednesday show, so it's been bumped back one day uh, to August 18th. So, not really a big deal in that kind of sense. It's only a little bit amusing in the sense that they made a big deal when they moved all the Marvel shows to Wednesdays, being like, mm. hey, Wednesday's comic book day, so we're going to put our shows out on the Wednesdays. Not anymore. <laughs> nope. Should have gone Tuesdays. Yeah, so, so She-Hulk will start on August 18th. Uh, not a big deal. Uh, the one that I did a double take for, because like, I saw this story and I put it in without thinking about it, and then realised, wait a minute, that was already in the pilot vote for this month. Like, what, what, why, is there a, why is there a premiere date article? So Andor, uh, which was meant to be coming this month, 
um, has been pushed back about three weeks. It is now going to debut on the 21st of September. Um, because it was right at the end of this month uh, previously. And yeah, so... I don't think they gave any reason for it. I mean, the speculation this this deadline article, maybe it's got something to do with wanting to get out of the way of uh, the Lord of the Rings show, which was the 2nd of September. So, you know, maybe this puts... Maybe. Yeah, a comfortable distance. <laughs> but it's a weekly... They, they release their episodes weekly, though, so I'm not... Yeah, they'd only really have the one week where they'd be competing, that, right? That said, though, it does say here uh, it's starting with three episodes on that first day. Yes. How many? How long is this? Is this only six episodes? Uh, I think it might be eight. Okay, I, was gonna say I could be wrong though. I was gonna say if it's only six and they're putting out three in the first week, that's kind of weird. But yeah, that's half your show at that point. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna have a quick glance if IMDb has the amount of episodes. Yeah, have a look. Cause... And I also saw just separately from this, but on Andor, there's a like they're already talking about season two, but they're saying season two will be the last one because it's that'll tie directly into uh, Rogue One. Yeah, um, so season, it's 12 episodes. Oh, okay. And I did actually see, just on the multiple seasons, you know, and, and the length, um, I don't know how long, you know, if this is going to count for the first season as well, but I know in general, they talked about it being five years before Rogue One, and it would be like, you know, every X amount of episodes would be a year, and it would kind of build up towards that over the course of the show. Do you think uh, they're counting like these twelve episodes of seasons one and two because they're normally six, and that's or are they saying this is season one's twelve episodes and there's going to be a season two after that? I think they count as season two. IMDb has it listed as two seasons still, with one having twelve. Yeah, and then two okay. has twelve as well. Okay, that's just it's just again IMDb isn't a definitive yeah, answer yeah. to this, but I assume someone's pulled that information from somewhere. I mean, they're giving Daredevil 18, apparently, uh, when that's hitting, so I mean, maybe they are starting to, you know, flesh out and consider... Maybe. Like, I know there was, like, some... Obviously, even if it has got slightly delayed, they're still in the marketing cycle for this now, and there was talk about how they're not using the... Uh, I can't remember the specific name they use for... You know, their big screens that they use to, you know, to film things on. Mm. Uh, their, their, their soundstage screens. They're not actually using those. They're doing location shooting for this show. So they're not. They they decided they're not using it at all. They're using just locations and then traditional sound stages. What a novel concept! <laughs> yeah, but they're they're the. I think they're the first of the 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 Star Wars Disney Plus shows to not use it at all in in any capacity. <clears throat> so that's why it's. I won't say notable, but interesting in the you know in their market. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't have much to say about the show, only that I was probably going to have to watch it this month, and now it's been pushed out, and we'll see how it does in the next vote no. on Patreon. It's it, it won its vote. You need to pay. It didn't you, you win. It, it, it just snuck on there, barely, right? Look. Barely. Did you, did you have to watch it for August? Technically, yes. <laughs> then you have to watch it for September. It carries over, just because it's delayed. It carries over. It has to test its mate against September's offerings. No, no, no. Why should it have to vote twice when it already won? <sighs> because I make the rules. <laughs> Patrons will not stand for this. There'll be a revolution. I make the rules, damn it. Rise up. All right. Uh, speaking of Disney Plus, there's a premiere date for Mighty Ducks Game Changer Season 2. 
Uh, that is coming on the 28th of September, which is a Wednesday, notably. Just uh, for keeping track of that a little bit. Um, so, curious to see how this is. I actually did watch all of season one and had a good time for what it was. You know, it's a light-hearted, you know, throwback to the, these kids' movies. Um, what is kind of interesting is, of course, that, uh, uh, what's his face? Sheen's kid. Emilio Estevez. Uh, ended up leaving the show over, like, not wanting to get vaccinated. So we have a new kind of like coach character in season two because of that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's very odd. I mean, I think fans were hoping they'd get Joshua Jackson because he was like the main kid in Mighty Ducks. So the idea being he'd come back and be the new head, co- the new coach. But obviously yeah. he's, he's busy. He's got other things that he's doing. Stuff, and so. coming from it, so this was kind of a reasonable part of the draw when they were marketing that first I mean, Yeah, the first season, yeah. But I guess the hope is now they've lured people in, you know. I mean, all they need is the theme music. If they've got that orchestral score... You're going to watch it regardless. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I enjoyed season one. I'll give a season two a go. Uh, you will, yeah. See? Uh, you're a sucker. <laughs> I already watched season one. How am I a sucker for watching season two? Yeah, you just... You're a sucker. Do I need a reason? Coming from the Star Wars fan here, yes. Like, I, you know, there's a lot of hypocrisy. A lot of hypocrisy in this. I, I see no hypocrisy in that. Did you go see Solo? Yes. And it was a good movie. Barring one moment. <laughs> no, we'll see about that. Hey, uh, lots of movies are great movies barring one moment. Uh, Atlanta has got its premiere date for its fourth and final season. Uh, that's going to be starting on the 15th of September on FX. So, there you go. So look forward to that too. Uh, so one of the big things this week, and I've just sort of grouped them all together. And the the first thing that kicked this all off was a bit of movie news, which we'll definitely mention here. Uh, but there's a lot of turmoil right now at HBO Max, uh, particularly because of just Warner Brothers Discovery and like all the the growing pains of this merger and uh, some interesting decisions and directions that they may be going in. And one of the worst PowerPoint slides ever put out for public. Oh, I saw, yeah, I saw some of these. Uh, the one, because they're talking, so let's give one of these stories here. Uh, the first one I've got here, actually, is that HBO Max and Discovery Plus are going to merge uh, starting in the summer of 2023 in the US, but then there's like a, you know, a gradual rollout to the other regions over the next year and a half. So by the end of 2024, everyone will have this new merged system. Did they say which name they're going to go with? I don't think they have, no. Interesting. Maybe they'll come up with something new. Maybe they'll... I don't know. I know there was speculation that they they wanted a general Warner name cause, uh, and, and they didn't know whether they wanted that or the HBO Max because they didn't know which brand had stronger appeal. HB, I, I mean, Discovery is pretty well known, don't get me wrong, but I think in terms of caring about programming, HBO is a stronger brand. Right, you know but if they want to focus on the movies, do you want to go with Warner? Well, that's, that's what I was about to say, is the only thing they could use that is more universally known in HBO is just Warner Brothers. Like, WB, yeah. that symbol is iconic. It is something that everyone has seen since they were a kid, you know, from Looney Tunes cartoons to the movies you watch growing up. You know, it's, it's been here our whole lives for all of us. No, no one is alive today that has not grown up with that Warner Brothers logo in some capacity. Probably true, yeah. Right? Unless you live in, like, a tribe in the middle of a jungle or something. <laughs> Obviously. Fair enough. But even then, there's like an etching in a tree somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> what does this mean? 
<laughs> what is Warner Brothers? I'm just Brothers? picturing them, them, them going around going, what's up, Doc? <laughs> <laughs> Even they know. Even they know. Uh, so, and that's like, like, honestly, the merger of those two services is fine. Like, I mean, we don't care that much about Discovery Plus as a thing, but the idea of them taking that and... I mean, I think what most of us would have said is, is just sort of throw it into HBO Max and make it a tab. Just kind of like how National Geographic's a tab in Disney Plus. Just throw it in there and call yep. it a day. Uh, but of course, you know, Discovery's kind of the controlling partner of this merger now, and they, I guess, see, you know, their name and their services as equal or more valuable, so they don't want to just admit that the other one's a bigger deal. Uh, so the big, obviously the big news that came this week, uh, actually, let's keep talking about this, because I want to talk about some of those slides, actually. There's, there was a slide where it was like, this is how, why it's going to be great to have both of these things together, because look at how they appeal to different audiences. And it was like just a list of things on I, like, un underneath each one. And one was like, this skews towards males, HBO Max, and this Discovery Plus skews towards women. And I'm like, what? Because HBO Max don't have anything that a woman can watch? What the hell are you talking about? I've, I've got the, uh, the thing here, if you want. Oh, I see what I can remember because I think these are pretty memorable. You can you can fill in the blanks when I've okay. I've run out of steam here. Uh, one says appointment viewing, which is HBO Max. Yeah. The other one is casual viewing. You know, or comfort casual viewing. comfort viewing. That was the phrase. Uh, and this is basically just like saying the same thing. But given that they just said that one's male skewing and one's female skewing, I particularly got a chuckle out of under HBO. It said lean in. Under <laughs> Discovery, it said lean back. Yep. I look, this is getting very erotic all of a sudden, this slide. I'm not sure what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was like, you know, one's, you know, uh, what, was, what was the last couple of things it said? So was it, you had male skew and female skew, yes. respectively for HBO Max and Discovery Plus. Mm -hmm. uh, scripted and unscripted. Yes, yes, yes. Lean in, lean back. Appointment comfort. comfort. And then my favourite one uh, is HBO Max, Home of Fandoms. Oh, yes, I forgot about this. Discovery Plus, home of genre-dums. <laughs> genre-dums. And then the other side that I thought was even funnier than this, it was just like a, a sort of like list of the, the brands and franchises they have. And one of the ones that was listed next to like, you know, Batman, Superman, Game of Thrones, and these other things, it was 90 Day Fiancé Universe. <laughs> universe? What? <laughs> it's a universe? Universe? <laughs> so who knows? Who knows? Um, going along with this, uh, there was a, um, they are looking to spend more money, and this is probably the, the kind of a positive thing, because a lot of this, a lot of the news that was coming out of all this stuff was like, oh, they're cutting down all these things, they're cancelling things left and right, blah, blah, um, it, it, but it looks like they're wanting to spend more money on HBO Max over the next two years versus the last two years, uh, so maybe they are committed to it, but they are making all these weird choices that feel kind of weird. The other story that came out is that, uh, they're confirming that they are downsizing how much they focus on animation and children's content. Um, and I suppose to an extent, like, okay, yeah, HBO, obviously, even HBO, the name, just, you know, it's mature. It's for people who are adults, right? It's it's not surprising. Like, alternatively, like, if, if Disney Plus was making this announcement, it would be weird, right? You, you expect them to be focusing on that stuff because that's their target audience. HBO Max, kids are not their target audience. No. I mean, obviously, they have a lot of legacy content because they do have Looney Tunes, they do have Scooby-Doo, they do have these sort of things. Well, that's but... a byproduct as opposed to yeah. what they're actually aiming for in their original content. And that's that's okay, that's fine. You know, that's fine. But, um, 
You know, I, I did see some people worried that, like, well, does this mean Harley Quinn is maybe going to get the chopping I, I mean, block? I've seen um, that Harley Quinn, uh, Titans, and Doom Patrol are all likely being cancelled uh, yeah. within the next couple of weeks, is the, is the reports. Yeah, the only thing that might be safe is that James Gunn said calm down when he was asked about Peacemaker Season 2, as if everything's okay, but I don't know if that's just because they have to keep him happy because he's helping them with movies and shit and... Yeah, and maybe it's just, I mean, I'd say it's far enough into production that, that, that mm. you know, they might as well, but obviously other other news stories would lean to that that doesn't really matter to them anymore. Well, but. yeah, we have to mention Batgirl, don't we? We have to mention... We, we do have to mention. Pro- probably one of the bigger, like, head-scratching decisions that uh, a movie studio has, has made. Ever made. Um, they have decided to just can the movie, which is notable, because it's not like... They're halfway through shooting. It's not like they're in pre-production. No, they have they have finished production. They were test screening. Now, obviously, post-production wasn't done, and there's probably still effect shots to do. There's probably still some post other post things to do, but but most of it's done. Probably like eighty percent done, maybe ninety. They've already spent ninety million dollars on it, and which obviously is a lot because it was it was aimed as a HBO Max original movie, not a theatrical release. So nine million is a lot, but that's because of pandemic force reshoots and delays yeah yeah uh so cost this amount of money and they are choosing to not release it and they actually said that part of the reason for this is that they are trying to protect the brand of dc they want to you know curate it better they want to make it all live up to a standard and that they don't think that this you know they, they want to release that and obviously you can joke oh they released this first suicide squad movie and that's like trash but to be fair that was different people in charge you got new people fair enough maybe they've got higher standards or whatever but it's so strange because like every movie studio ever then this is just a historical thing by and large every time they will release a turd even when they know it's a turd just to recoup whatever cost they can now, admittedly, I did hear that there's a tax write-off here where if they don't release it, they get at least, like, 20 million back or something like that, which I think they yeah. could make more money than that if they just put it out in theatres. Right, but, but they were never going to put it in theatres. It was always well, a they, HBO. Well, they weren't, but they could. Like, you know, if, if, if the choice is yeah. get 20 guaranteed or take a bit of a chance to get more, I do think they would make more than that. It's a Batgirl movie. Like, you know, it, I, I think I a Batgirl movie... would make at least a couple yeah. of hundred. Yeah, I would think worldwide it'd do a couple hundred, which is nothing compared to what the Batman movie did, but I think it would be guaranteed a like couple a minimum, hundred million. Yeah. yeah. So. Because in this day and age, a couple of hundred million for a blockbuster is nothing. Yeah, it's not great, but because it's got name value, enough people would check it out. Like, it would do better than Morbius. I'm just going to say it. Right? it would what, did, what did Morbius end up making? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea what Morbius made. Too much. Uh, probably. Right. Okay, so we're saying Batgirl, a couple of hundred, you know, a minimum. Mm-hmm. Would you like to place a bet for Morbius? Worldwide, I will guess 140. All right, you're not that far off. Okay. 163.9. All right, okay. Worldwide. That was a 74 d- domestic, and that had a 75 million budget. Okay. But I, I think... Even if Batgirl matched that with minimal marketing, it would recoup its costs. It feels like it would, which is what, you know, but they also cancelled, like, there's an animated Scooby-Doo sequel or something that was in the works that I get cancelled as well. Um, it sounded very good, actually. Yeah, so, like, they're making all these decisions and they're being very harsh about it, and 
There's a lot of things that HBO Max... Because for, for a couple of days there, there was rumours with this merger of Discovery before they announced it properly that they were just going to straight up stop doing scripted content uh, on a streaming service. So they were going to still have linear HBO and still make content for that, so that would be safe. But HBO Max would stop making scripted content. Um, however, that doesn't appear to be the case once they've actually announced all this. That seems to have been something that just kind of got, you know, twisted somewhere along the rumour mill line and had everyone mm. worried. They kind of publicly said, no, no, we're going to keep making content, don't worry. Yeah, and that goes back to what I was saying here about their, their flyout saying, you know, Zaslav revealed that they're going to be spending dramatically more in 2022 and 2023. Um, Where they're spending it is obviously... That's true. Yeah, we don't know yet, but... I mean, do, do you know the funny thing about this is? On some level, as someone who is a DC Comics fan, who is at a place of pretty much... I like the new Batman movie, but other than that, I am at a place of complete apathy when it comes to, like, Warner Brothers' efforts. Between the Zack Snyder films, which I think are trash, uh, sort of these lukewarm films that are coming up that I don't think look very good. You know you're excited for Joker too. Shut up. Uh, and, you know, like, you know, I thought Aquaman was pretty mediocre. Like, yeah, I've just not been in a good place. Wonder Woman's sequel was was rough. So, the idea... Was very kind. <laughs> the idea that the new regime is like, no, we want to actually, like, respect and sort of, like, like protect the... The integrity of it, right? The idea we want to build it up to a point where it's got... Like, in the same way that the brand of HBO, right? Even though they've got a couple of stinkers here or there, by and large, you think of HBO as having a good reputation. They want DC to have a good reputation. That's what they want to, yeah. to get to. But they're going to release The Flash in Black Adam, so... We'll see if they release The Flash. I'm, I'm still not convinced that... I'm, I'm not either, but even as of today, they're still saying, yeah, we're releasing The Flash. They're saying they're going to... Yeah, but who knows what Ezra Miller's going to do between now and May next year. Oh god, is it that far away? And they're also already talking about pushing the other movies, and I mean Shazam 2 was always going to get pushed because of Avatar 2, because it was the same week, and they, they, for a long time they've claimed it was going to come out that week, and it's like, no, it's not. You're, you're yeah, that's that. pushed off. I want to say Aquaman. Yeah, I don't think they've done it, they've officially done it yet, but they're like the, the buzz is they're both getting pushed. Yeah, I think Aquaman's just a, if, if this is the case, is just a knock-on effect as opposed Possibly, to anything yeah. individually. Which, uh, um, would that, would that mean that Flash gets knocked back to like October next year? <laughs> if there's, if there's maybe, a knock-on effect? Maybe. I saw the uh, the Black Adam trailer for the first time the other day. Oh. Uh, the, the full trailer. God, that movie looks terrible. I'm yeah, going to watch yeah. it at some point because it's Pierce Brosnan's fate. It doesn't look good. But it looks awful. It doesn't look good. Uh, yeah, and I enjoyed the first Shazam movie for what it was well enough, but like, the trailer for the second one yeah. just looks, you know, it's like, yeah, it. I'll probably think that it's, it may just be as good as the first one, but I'm not excited that's, about it. That's how, you know, we do a DC Comics podcast. That's how apathetic I am to these movies. I haven't even mm -hmm. watched the Shazam trailer. Yep. Uh, so... There you go. I, I, you know, that's it. All, all this stuff, I mean, I, basically what I'd say is that I'd expect a lot of, like, you know, chained a lot of new shows announced probably in the not too distant future from HBO Max as they're kind of like deciding what their new like slate is, what their direction is. Um, in the same way that CW, which has also been affected by all this like you know merger stuff, and obviously there's rumors that you know that that being sold off potentially they don't want they don't want to keep it, and that's why they cancelled a bunch of stuff. But the tenth poll or the tenth kind of reason for both of these things is the merger, right? So. It's not surprising that something like this did come around after all those CW cuts happened, but that Batgirl announcement really was kind of like, all right, 
usually when the movie's already been shot, it's pretty safely coming out. Because <laughs> we used to joke about how, oh, DC announced so many movies, and it's more likely to happen if they've not announced it, given that most of the things they announced never happen. And that was the joke, and it's like, not until we see a trailer do we believe it's coming. But I genuinely would have always thought, if they've shot the movie already, it's going to happen. So this is a really unique case of, like, no, that's it gone. Now you can't trust them on any movie. And until I'm watching it, there's always that seed of doubt now, apparently. So Yeah, unless it's Joker 2, in which you can be damn sure it's going to happen. Just despite my existence, yes, they're going to release uh, yeah, Joker 2. Yeah, because Joker 1 made so much money, how can they not make Joker 2? It's an excellent question. It's an excellent question. Also, I have to say, I am kind of curious about Joker 2. I don't, I, don't, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think the first Joker's a good movie. I want to make that very clear. I don't think it's a terrible movie, but I don't think it's a good movie. You're telling me they're making it a musical with Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn? I am, I am so interested in what the hell that movie is going to be. I have to see it. Uh, no, I have no interest. I, I can't stand any of this. Ah, uh, yeah. Hey, patrons, got something for you. Mm-mm-mm. No, no. Uh, all right, let's move on. We have some sad news next. Actually, I, I don't always bring it up when someone has passed away, but uh, this this seemed quite notable in the sense that you know we were working through Star Trek. We started working through the original series back in 2017. We've currently just started Deep Space Nine, and we're six seasons into the next generation. And uh, Michelle Nichols, who played Ahura in the original series in the movies, uh, passed away at 89 this week. Yeah, yeah, so, that sucks. You know, the only slightly even slightly positive angle is there was all that stuff of maybe elder abuse going on in the last couple of years with her. But at least that's not going on anymore, I guess. Oh, that's the po- I was like, what's, what's the positive part of that? I was like, where is, where is it going with it? That it's not happening? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, it's... You know, she had a good run. 89 is, is, a, is a pretty solid age to get to. And she, she did a lot more in her life. And is, you know, like... Being who she was, be, being this black woman who was on a main TV show in the 60s, like, the inspiration that must have led to, and, you know, everything that she helped progress, like, you know. Yeah, it's kind of been a, it's been a shitty couple of weeks for deaths, hasn't yeah. it? Very few of us will have contributed as much to the world with our existence as, as someone like Michelle Nichols, so. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, okay. We had David Warner, like, a week ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sad about that because he, uh, he, I, you know, I grew up seeing him in like uh, Supergirl and Turtles too. But uh, he's he's been in a lot. He's been in Star Trek like three times as different characters. Yeah. He he shows up in. I, I listen to a lot of uh, Big Finish Doctor Who audio productions. Oh, I shop a lot in those. He shows up a good amount in those, and it was really weird because I didn't know. I listened to one like the day after he died, and there he was in that one. Well, that was a, a kind of. Weird one. And then the same thing happened to me again the other day with uh, Bernard Cribbins who obviously passed away just the other day as well. And then the day after, I listened to... Uh, obviously, he's, he's actually kind of reasonably well-known for being in Doctor Who in general, um, in the in the modern show. Uh, but then it was in one of the audio ones, and, you know, oh, look, there he is. And he's got he's got a very distinctive voice as well. can't believe you're using the deaths of people to bring up Doctor Who. This is sickening. Hey, both of them were notable Doctor Who actors. Notable. Oh, all right. Well, take your word for it. Take your word for it. Let's move on. You're not a fan. We got uh, 
<laughs> I'll remember that statement when I bring up another show later. Uh, <laughs> we got an update from uh, the TCAs uh, from FX about a couple of things. The main one being Alien, which is the reason why it's here, this story. Oh, really? That's, that was the, one of the least... Like, From what I recall, they said, like, Alien was like, yeah, it's still happening. I mean, it says they're going to shoot next year. My point there wasn't that there was more information about it. The point was that I care more about Alien than anything else. Oh, no. no that's, that's, that's not even the most interesting of the shows that they mentioned. What, For me, anyway. What, Shogun? You care about Shogun? Yeah. yeah. What is it? Uh, it's a, a, a novel based on like some Japanese stuff uh, with, like, you know, this, this you know, historical Japanese novel. This wasn't a, sl- a slave from me. I just didn't know what it was. <laughs> oh, okay. It, it's, it's this... Uh, it's this Japanese historical epic. It's like a pretty hefty book. I think there's like three or four of them. But Shogun's the first one. Yeah. And they also mentioned uh, all the scripts are in for for Alien as well. And there's going to be shooting that next year. So, I, think they, I think they mentioned Fargo as well. They, right? they mentioned Fargo as well. Uh, yeah. On season five, which is beginning production uh, this fall. So. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think the Shogun update was. It's finished production. Yeah, it's airing next year. Yes. So, I mean, I mean I'm all beside the aliens not even like shooting until next year. I was like, okay, so 2024, that's when we're probably going to get it. Depending on when they're shooting, maybe late next year. Yeah. Uh, I won't hold my breath. I won't hold my breath because I'm very curious either. to see how that, that, you know, turns out. Uh, I could use like a good alien thing. Hey, you had a good Predator movie today. Did I? Allegedly. Oh, I don't know. I said allegedly. I, I won't be revealing my opinion on it until I do the review on it. Right, if you want to be the one that ruins the 100% Rotten Tomatoes, you go ahead. On the, no, it's not 100% anymore, it's so like 93 now. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, no, no, I will not be revealing my opinion until the Atomic Cinema Experiment episode next week, in which myself and Tara will review it. That, on, that su- it. on that subject, though, you can... Uh, I've not told Connor anything, by the way. So he's just, yeah, he hasn't. He he's has just joking. Just um, but uh, before that, though, this weekend's episode is The Predator. So if you want to get our opinions oh, on oh, that, yeah. bad boy. That one I know you love. <laughs> I've heard your opinions on that many a time. Oh, yeah. One of your favourites, I believe. Is, is that right? That's very good. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to the comedies then. Uh, we have an NBC pilot production commitment. Very convoluted thing to just say it's not a. I mean, I guess it's the order on a pilot. I don't know why. If you're going to pr- produce it, then I guess it's just a pilot order, but I guess there's a slight technical difference in the phrasing. Uh, but anyway, anyway, so. It's called St. Dennis Medical. It's a half hour mockumentary style workplace comedy from the superstore and American auto duo of Justin Spitzer, who created both series, and Eric Leg. Legden, legend, maybe, uh, as well as Universal TV. Uh, St. Dennis Medical is a mockumentary about an underfunded and understaffed Oregon hospital where the dedicated doctors and nurses try their best to treat patients while maintaining their own sanity. Oh, that was close, but not quite. Mm. It was close. <laughs> yeah. Um... You could make an argument sanity basically means their personal lives, but... Yeah, but you were stretching it into mm, that now. Yeah. I, think, I think they're hitting the spirit of it, but then, then they're not getting 
yeah. to the phrasing, which is what matters. So this is basically Parts and Rec in a hospital is what I'm reading from this. Yeah, the uh, Superstore one. Yeah. Um, I've heard lots of good things about that. You know, a lot of people enjoy that show. Oh, I've not seen it. Uh, I, you know, I don't I've, I've could... seen like 10 minutes when it was on TV at one point. I've not had a good sitcom to binge in a while. Maybe I'll go seek out Superstore, see if it's uh, any good. Yeah, I've heard good things. But, uh, yeah. That sounds, I mean, it's a, you know, comedy in a hospital sounds like a fine idea. Maybe the mockumentary thing's a little bit spent, but I mean, as long as they just use it's it. It's one of those things on where, obviously, there was a lot of them, but I can't think of any in the last few years, really. Yeah, I suppose that's fair. Well, that's fair. So that's St. Dennis Medical. Uh, and then next up, we have a comedy in the work at Fox. It's called Buffalo Tens. Uh, single camera comedy written executives and potentially starring uh, another period creators uh, Ricky Lindhorn and Natasha Leggero uh, so it's developed at Fox uh, and Buffalo Tens when two brash 40 something matchmakers uh, in Buffalo New York are unexpectedly dumped by their husbands they're forced to put their tried and true dating regimen the Buffalo Tens commandments alright that's cute uh, to the test for themselves well, out in the dating scene for the first time in 20 years, they'll realize the antiquated methods they have recommended to clients won't actually help at all, and they may have to question everything they know about dating, relationships, and love. But it's going to be a long journey for these two characters who avoid introspection like the plague. See, that was inherently professional and personal, but they didn't actually phrase it in any way. No, no they never actually said uh, kind of the work side of it. Um... Honestly, as far as the concepts go, I actually think that had something in it, despite the fact that it's not necessarily broadly something that appeals to me. That the part where they give dating advice, but they've not dated in 20 years, and now they have to actually use their own advice, and it's completely nonsensical, is I can see the potential in that. Yeah, I can see how that's a, you know, a, a, a show. You can see each episode being around, hey, here's this piece of advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is how you, you know, talk to someone in the bar and they'll do that's one episode and it's them trying yeah. to talk to people and getting, you know, just being fiddles or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's in development of Fox. So, cool, cool. Uh, that's, what was that? Buffalo Tens is what that was called. Buffalo Tens. Uh, next up, Showtime's given a green light to a half-hour comedy, a pilot called Mason. Comes from comedian Nathan Min. Uh, who worked in Joe Perra Talks to You, and it, and it also stars him. Uh, yeah. And then Daniels, uh, which is Daniel uh, Shainer and Daniel Kwan, uh, the team behind Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, so, an interesting set of names to have on this. So, yeah. Um, Mason is a surrealist comedy based on men's real-life experiences. It revolves around a quiet man named Nathan which is often misheard as Mason, which is the name of the show, uh, seeking a connection uh, in a loud world. So, not, not too descriptive there on its premise. No. Surrealist sounds interesting to me being that this is a network show, right? Showtime, so cable. Okay. Okay, that makes more sense. Hmm. Yeah, okay, I can, I can see it on the. Yeah, not a lot to go on, but uh, some interesting creatives uh, behind yeah. it. No, mm. I mean, no, no, could be all right. We'll see. Uh, next up, Chris Rock's got a 
animated sequel to a, a show <laughs> that he did before. <laughs> so remember, everybody, everybody Hates Chris? Unfortunately. Well, now there's going to be an animated series called Everybody Still Hates Chris. <laughs> Why? Uh, it's a reimagining based on that show. It's received a straight-to-series order by MTV Entertainment. <laughs> My why has been answered. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I can tell you what it is, I suppose. Uh, yeah, Inspired by Rock's experiences growing up as a skinny nerd in a large working-class family in uh, Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, during the late 1980s. Like, I mean, it's basically just the same premise as the, as the original show. Just more of it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if he ever was in the original show. I, I, I imagine he probably gave himself a cameo at some point, but obviously he was, like, behind the creation of it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Everybody still hates Chris. Coming coming soon. Uh, Amazon Studios is greenlit a historical comedy called My Lady Jane. Uh, it's obviously Prime. Uh, it's going to star Emily uh, Bader who was in Paranormal Activity Next of Kin, which I've actually not seen yet, believe it or not. I've not seen the seventh Paranormal Activity. Why not? It came out when Streams was on hiatus, and there's, we've had other things to do. Slacking. Uh, Edward Blumel's going to be in it, and Jordan Peters is going to be in it. Um, so, based on the 2016 young adult historical fiction novels, the series will follow an irreverent young Tudor woman who dreads her arranged marriage only to be surprised when it results in a steamy romance. Her being crowned queen and her and her, and, her, and a heroic mission to save the magical people persecuted by her political rivals. Taking short-lived British monarch Lady Jane Grey as an inspiration, the popular novel was penned by Brodie Ashton, Cynthia Hand, and Jodie Meadows. This sounds like something I will despise. It does, but it it does say it's a comedy, so... True, true. I suppose, yeah, maybe it'll work. It sounds like Bridgerton with some superpowers, or ma some magic, basically, is what I got from that. It does that. a little bit, but... Yeah, this all depends on how funny it is. Mm. Yes. Uh, so, moving out of the dramas, uh, stars have officially confirmed a prequel show for Outlander called Blood of My Blood in development. And this is going to focus on the parents uh, of one of the characters in the in the main show. Uh, uh, Jamie Fraser is the character, so his parents are going to be the focus of it, so it's a prequel. Um, apparently there's been some speculation about a prequel or a, a spin-off happening for, for a while, over a year. Uh, but this has officially been announced as being in the works. Uh, so I think the full title is Outlander, Blood of My Blood. So, of course it is. So you got, they have to have that name recognition. You got the colon. Yeah. Uh, the main show is currently in season seven. Yeah, that sounds about right. So that's going going ahead. Um, yeah. I've never seen any of it. I have. I, so I have nothing to add or nothing to say about it. I'm like vaguely familiar when when I see it pop up on a service. But, like, oh yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, stars is a is an entity like. They did Ashby's Evil Dead, but other than that, I've kind of just not really interacted with them much. What did they do that I liked? Did they do American Gods? Was that Showtime? Oh, that may have been Stars. Yeah, that may have been Stars. I always get Stars and Showtime, their content mixed up, because I feel mm. like they're so interchangeable a lot of the time. 
That's fair. And then Black Sail as well, the pirate one. Again, I don't remember which of those two it was, <laughs> but that, that was one of them. That was one of them. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They're, they're kind of the lesser of the cable networks, right? They're the ones at the bottom that are kind of... Yeah, they're the S's. They're just they're off to the side. Yeah. 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 Maybe I'll watch them someday. That's a bit weird, but hey uh, next up, FX have ordered The Veil, which is a limited series, a thriller for, uh, for, it says for Hulu here, so I guess... Uh, FX on Hulu. FX on Hulu, yeah. Um, but this is coming from Stephen Knight, who's going to be doing this. Ooh. Yeah, Stephen Knight. Uh, and it's going to star Elizabeth Moss. Mm, so, okay. yeah, we're putting some interesting names together here. I've not been a fan of any of Stephen Knight's TV stuff that I've seen, but... Uh, his movie, Locke, starring Tom Hardy, is wonderful. And there's a slight connection to this, interestingly, I Is think. the connection just casting a phenomenal actor? Well, you could say that. Uh, but, uh, well, it's, it's a, it seems like it's a road trip story. Ooh, okay. Now, I expect they're going to leave the car more than Tom Hardy did, but... <laughs> Probably, which is... They, they only have to step outside at once. But I, I realise, you know... You see him walk out of the car at the end of the movie. <laughs> All right, fine. That's technically true. I think he walks towards the car at the start of the movie. <laughs> I mean, quite possibly. That's not leaving the car. That's entering. Okay, okay. Uh, so the thriller explores the surprising and fraught relationship between two women who play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris to London. One woman has a secret, the other a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. It's very high stakes. It is very Maybe a little bit too high stakes for what it needs to be, potentially. But at the same time, it's just potentially two great actors in a car with one trying to get information out the other for a whole show. Oh, uh, <laughs> like, we know it's one great actor so far. We don't know about the other one yet. That's why I said potentially. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll lay off. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, I, I, there's potential here. There's definitely potential. There is, yeah. Something worth keeping an eye on. So that's The Veil, limited series for FX slash Hulu. Uh... Next up, Keanu Reeves is going to star in a limited series. It's an adaptation of Eric Larson's Devil in the White City. And this is also for Hulu. Uh, so they're making big moves with a limited series. But they, 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 I mean, they did well recently with The Dropout and with uh, something else. So, so they've been doing praised limited series recently. Uh, so the streamer announced uh, the limited series... For the drama, which tells the story of Daniel H. Burnham, a demanding but visionary architect who races to make his mark on history with the nineteen sorry with the eighteen ninety three Chicago's World's Fair and Doctor H. H. Holmes, America's first modern serial killer, and the man behind the notorious murder castle built in the fair's shadow. It marks uh, Keanu Reeves' first major TV role. So that's cool. It's eight episodes, and they're expecting to uh, launch production next year. So. Could be a big deal. Yeah. I'm not like super familiar with any of this really. Uh Eric Larson. Is that the is that the, the uh same author as a girl with a dragon tattoo? Because that name sounds familiar. Oh I don't know. Um but I'm I'm relatively familiar with the H the H Holmes having the like murdering people near the world's fair. I'm I'm I'm, yes. I'm relatively familiar with that going on. Different writer. I'm I'm mixing it up with something. Aye. You're just seeing Larson and jump into it is a Larson, in my defense. That's what I'm saying. You see a Larson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not real Larson that wrote the book, was it? No, no. Okay. 
it was spelled differently as well. Uh, but yeah, that sounds interesting. Uh, another potential limited series from, from Hulu. So, cool. Uh, next up, uh, we have uh, a new show. Uh, it's untitled right now. It's called The Untitled Orphan Project. Funnily enough. Uh, but uh, Ellen uh, Pompeo, who I think is known for Grey's Anatomy, is going to uh, produce and star in it. In fact, it actually mentions here that she's scaling back her time on Grey's Anatomy to to do this project. So she's going to be yeah. on less of that next time. Uh, but yeah, she's going to still be the narrator on that show. Apparently. But... I have no idea how Grey's Anatomy works. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know either. You said that, I'm like, it has a narrator. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that either. <laughs> but anyway, so it's going to be an eight-episode limited series for Hulu. Um, and... Yeah, so it's based on the shocking true case. I'm going to leave it and read this to you. Oh, is this a true crime? I'm going to be like HBO Max and lean in. Well, I'll be Discovery Plus and uh, lean, back. lean back. Yeah, very good. So, the shocking case, which has drawn parallels to the 2009 horror movie Orphan. I'm just watching that soon for the first time for streams, funnily enough. Because the sequel's coming out soon, you see. Well, maybe if you'd watched it already, you could have had some insight to this story. Yeah. Made national. Luckily, I already know the twist, and I feel like this is going to spoil the twist for that movie before I read any more of it. I feel like that's where this is going. So, if you don't want spoilers for Orphan, I would skip ahead to the next story. <laughs> All right. Uh, made national headlines in September 2019 when Christine Burnett and her ex-husband Michael Burnett uh, were charged with neglect for allegedly abandoning their adopted daughter Natalia, who has a rare form of dwarfism. In 2013, she was nine. Um, after putting her up in an apartment, they had moved to Canada. The parents have claimed that Natalia, whom they adopted when they thought she was six, is in fact a mentally disturbed adult woman who threatened their lives. Most of the charges against the Burnets eventually were dismissed. Natalia has denied the accusations that she is a grown-up con artist. So this is a group, this is parents who adopted a girl and believe she's an adult impersonating a child who was a danger to them. I feel like some doctors could probably quite quickly <laughs> confirm or deny. <laughs> you would think, wouldn't you? All of this. Well, they could confirm her age at the very least. Yeah, confirm her age. Yeah. Wh yeah. Whether or not she threatened them. Sure. Yeah, she could have threatened them, I suppose. But like, like that's not that hard to figure out. Like, you know, from a medical perspective, I'm sure, I'm sure they could figure it out. I'd like to think so. Um, Otherwise, what the hell are we doing here? It's a very wild uh, premise. I'll, I'll give it that. I assume uh, Pompeo here would be uh, playing the mother character, <laughs> and not the, not the maybe child slash yeah, adult. Probably, yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, so they're hitting big with this one. At least they're they're, they're swinging for a, a wild story. I'll, I'll give them that. Yeah, yeah, they are. So. Uh, Untitled Orphan Project. I love how they even put orphan in their, their working title. They, they know. They know what this is linking yeah. up with a little bit. I'm assuming that means they've paid for the rights <clears throat> as opposed to just... You know, this isn't just a, oh, you know, this is similar. No, they've paid for the rights to that. To what? To orphan. To the title? I'm assuming so, like, as an adaptation of some sort. Of the movie. But you think they're adapting the movie? No, 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 but like the way that they're referencing it in the title there 
So I'm assuming they're aware of what they're doing in the scripts, so they're paying for the rights to use it. Oh. Well, that'd be weird given that the sequel to Orphan's coming out in, like, a month. Oh, that weird. That's a bit weird, but whatever. Uh, next up, Peacock, your favourite, Connor, has had a straight-to-series order for Hysteria, um, a coming-of-age satanic panic drama thriller from writer Matthew Scott Kane from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Dungeons & Dragons filmmakers John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. So, yeah. Uh, hysteria explores America's dark history of mass hysteria through the shocking story of the teenage satanic panic. Uh, the series follows a group of 1980s high school misfits as they exploit the growing hysteria around teen occult activity. Uh, which is an interesting topic. What's funny is that a little bit of season four of Stranger Things kind of tapped into this. Uh, it's not a big part of it, but there is a little bit of a, sort of like a reference to it. Like it's not surprising, you know. It's it was huge in the zeitgeist of the time, right? Yeah. So that makes sense. So yeah, they're going to do a, a show based around it. I wonder if this is Peacock trying to make their Stranger Things. Like they're going, this is this is ours, damn it. Oh, is this the same way everyone was like, this is our Game of Thrones? Yeah, they're going to try and do their Stranger Things with the Satanic Panic show. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a good premise. Like I don't really know the names behind this enough to really be excited based, you know, for for the quality of it. But uh, as far as premises go, it's fine. So I agree. Sure, yeah. sounds alright. Well, since you're uh, so tired, I'll give you the last story of the week then, shall I? Oh, yes, please. So Hulu's given a straight-to-series order for The Other Black Girl, an adaptation of Zakia Dalia Harris's novel of the same name. I did my best there. If I butchered that name, I apologize to uh, Miss or Mrs. Harris. So, yeah. Uh, the series will be executive produced by Tara Duncan, the former Netflix executive who struck an overall deal with Hulu in 2020. So this is another Hulu... Uh, show. So, coming from the Onyx Collective, uh, the production company. The series follows Nella, an editorial assistant who is tired of being the only black girl at her company. So she's excited when Hazel is hired, but as Hazel's star begins to rise, Nella spirals out and discovers something sinister is going on in the company. Okay, that's pretty vague in the long run. Yeah. What it is, but I don't know, not inherently bad. I'm so, I am actually a little sad that nothing made you drink today. No, not a thing. They all dodged it. All, all my pre-drinks. So, you know, I came prepared and, and nothing. Hmm. Oh, well. I'm going to start making up, a drink the whole time. I'm going to have to start making up a, a fake story just that I can slot in if there's nothing popping up. You just tell me it's a CBS story, I'll believe it. Do you know what's so funny about, about that, though? Is that if I was going to fake one... I, you know, I couldn't go too nuts, it would be too obvious, but I'm thinking that show The Bear had, like, four professional personals in one <laughs> go, and, like... Do you know what's crazy to me is that that show made me drink so much, and people love that show. Like, it's one of the... Like, all my Twiffy is just constantly like, oh, man, that show is incredible. They love it, I'm like, it. I'm like, it's hard for me to take it seriously, because it made me drink four times in my description. <laughs> it just goes to show, though, that the, the PR person writing that, like, paragraph for the, the, the press release... not the same person. Yeah. It's not the writer of the show, no. usually. So, yeah, it's just whatever, it's fine. Right, there you go, that's the, uh, that's the that's the news of the week. Hopefully you had some fun there. And uh, have some, if you've got thoughts, you know, put them in the comments. Let us know what you think of all the HBO, Max, uh, Chaos, and uh, whatever else we talked about. So, 
go 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 do that like subscribe ding the bell for notifications hit the super thanks button if you want to support all the content and of course you can do that on a more permanent basis over at patreon.com slash tv and get some bonuses for your troubles uh, i'll take this time to thank our patreon producers for the month so thank you to tyler hess and the palaceus david short board now christopher moy david brown al treisman and alison m fordice uh, they are all patreon producers which is one of the higher tiers over there but uh yeah otherwise you know catch us on twitter at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates um or check out all the other various links that are in the description uh but that is that's us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching tv have you got any vanilla <laughs>